Oh, what are we talking about? What are you, high? Sports. If they know what they're talking about, then I like it. Yo, it's the Skies and Lemmy Radio Sports Talk. It's your boy, Boots, and we finna talk some sports. Satisfy the demand. We want it now! Entertain with no sideline. That's right! I love it. Call the guys. Call the guys. Pack the cooler. Pack the cooler. And bring the grill. And bring the grill. Once upon a time, in a land far away, three men discovered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team with the ability to siege the bay. You'll never make it out of the bay. Give no quarter and feed the fish with any enemy that takes the field during their quest to find the Lombardi Trophy. Fox win! Fox win! Join Craig. And he walks up to me and he says, I'm John Lynch. He is a monster. That's, that's what he was, a hard-hitting white boy that played safety, and he was something special. Eddie. He built the pyramid right in front of us and said, this is how we're going to do it. We got to practice doing things right all the time, little things, huh? details. And Zach. Every day you build, you got to build a foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. As they take you on a journey discussing front office moves, game breakdowns, and interviews. So batten down the hatches and get ready to set sail. It's time for Book.Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Craig. This is Buck That Podcast. We do not have Eddie with us today, but do have my bro, Chacho. Got my boy, Zach, in the building. How you doing? I'll answer your question. What's up, everybody? A buck's a win. A buck... Finally, it's, it's happening. I mean, I know we won against Arizona a couple weeks ago, and right now, don't look now, but last out of the last three games, we've won twice. But it it feels like it's been so far away since we've had like wins. And Gene Deckerhoff, you know, at the end of his broadcast, saying "Bucks win, Bucks win." Finally. So it's nice. It's nice to get that win. And 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 might I add that I also predicted this win. It's been a while. It's been a while, what, since I predicted something right? No, since since we actually... Since we actually won? Well, I mean, it's well, it's not been we, a while, but it feels like it has. Even when we win, it seems some, somehow we, we feel like we lose. I but, don't feel like the Cardinals game really counts as a win, though. I mean, it does, obviously. They, they've been some good teams. They went to the wire and uh, went to overtime with Detroit and tied, and they've had some pretty good games with some teams, so they're, they're a decent team. It's not like they're the Cincinnati Bengals. We're not 9-2, and two, though. We're not nine and two, no. Unfortunately, but this is Buck That Podcast. We are coming in celebrating off of a win. This is Victory Monday right now. Victory Monday, and we're coming to you on a Monday. Day you, early, you, yeah, day early. Usually we're on on Tuesdays, but you know you guys got some Booker uh, High School stuff going on tomorrow. We got the Booker High basketball game tomorrow. Tornado Alley, seven thirty. You can check us out on the TuneIn Radio app, and. uh Get a load of us there. This is the ladies? Uh, this, this is the boys. This it, is the boys, okay. Myself, Derek Fugers on the mics. We'll have uh, our boy Staddy Chatty in the building as well. So uh, it, it'll be a pretty fun pretty fun situation, I think. Yeah, they have a pretty good team over there, don't they? They do, man. They uh, went to the Final Four two years ago. Last year they made a, a run into the district uh, championship game, which I think they might have, which I think they lost, if I remember correctly. Um, so we didn't get to quite go back to the uh, 
the championship, but we were we've been in the state mm-hmm. champion contention the past couple of years. So definitely a good team to come watch if you guys get a chance. Thank you guys very much. Enjoy that. But if not, tune in. You know, yeah, if not tune in. If you but this is the Buck Dad Podcast, and why don't we start it off? with uh, the first thing on the board, which is the Tempe Times thing that I brought up earlier before show, and I'll pose this to you. Uh, do you like the, the Buccaneers uniforms? Do you like where we've gone from like the evolution or no, of these uniforms? We, we've talked about this before uh, a couple months ago on the program. Um, and, and to me, even looking at this lovely autographed Mike Evans jersey that we have behind you, mm-hmm. The numbers compared to the John Lynch look like you know that's like the nice, cool, like classic football yeah. kind of look. Man, Mike Evans look like I'm looking at my clock. It's five thirteen in the morning. Bam, bam. Right. Wake up. You got to start getting ready for school, bitch. That's what it looks like. The old school, like the little like digital, you know, little alarm clock yeah. that you had on your bed. Yeah, that hasn't changed AM, forever. AM, yeah. AM FM clock radio for those of you who don't, you know, back back before we had cell phones. With alarms on them and shit. Now let me ask you another question: When the Bucks switched their uniforms from the cream sickles to the pewter colors and the the, the older new, newer jerseys, what were your feelings on those? At first, I didn't like them. At first, but they grew on me, they and did. I and I and I liked them. I, I thought they were a step up. But when we got these uniforms from those uniforms, I, I, I didn't like them. I felt like we took a step back. Yeah. I felt like it's one of those things like, you know when like the Broncos or the Steelers come out with those ugly ass retro uniforms? Like I felt like like that's what it was. The, 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 like I was just waiting for them to take them back and then bring out something else. No, but what about the the Green Bay ones, the throwback Green Bay ones? Oh, those, those are disgusting. Right looking side, they're ugly as hell. Yeah. Yeah, they Could definitely be worse, they didn't they, they definitely did not have fashion sense back in the day when it came to uniforms. Or safety as a, as far as helmets go. But the reason why we're bringing this up today on the show is is because Thomas Bassinger of uh, Tampa Times wrote an article and basically uh, encouraging fans to go out there and make up their own design and come up with the Bucks new colors, uh, the logo designs, incorporate some of the old with the new, uh, so on and so forth. And basically, you can go to Tampa.com and go to um, uh, this article and they actually have a template for you you can download and whether you want to go on a photoshop if you're a little handy on the computer and do it that way or hell you can even go with a crayon and color it in with the colors they said so i think i might actually do that cuz i'm a little proficient with the photoshop and one person that did come to mind when i thought about this was was Johnny Christ because he's really good with the photoshop stuff too oh yeah for sure Johnny Christ and even even awesome Oh, on really yeah, that. definitely. Maybe we should uh, send that link to on on the uh, the Facebook apparatus. But basically, they're calling out all fans to uh, come up with some concepts, post them on Instagram and Twitter using the hashtag #FixTheBucksUnis, and maybe the Bucks will see our design or somebody's design and maybe wake them up, and and maybe a little change. Because I, honestly, I think that'd be refreshing for the whole organization. You get you get new uniforms in there. It's like. It's like a wake up call. The players like them, you know what I mean? You you might it might change. It's like it's like the Rays when they went from the Devil Rays to the Rays. They like yes. automatically went to like winners. When we went from the cream sickles to the new pewter colors that we had with Tony Dungy and stuff, we went 5 and 0 that first season with Trent Dilfer as our quarterback. Trigger in 97. Trent. 
Yeah, man. So it, that, we need was, a breath of fresh air in we, this. In this, these jerseys ain't getting it done. Let's chop it up. You know, uh, something we were talking about at dinner before we came in here is, you know, we do think about the organization. We talk about the organization a lot. Some changes need to be made. Um, obviously, new systems, 3-4 defense, stuff like that, bringing in some new personnel. So, like you said, I think a fresh breath of air all the way around through the organization, and it starts with what you're wearing. What, 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 what's your boy Deion Sanders good, say? Look good, play good, play good, get paid good, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, look good, feel good, feel good, play good, or some, 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 something, like something like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Bringing it back a little. You know, he, he, I but I think there's some truth to that adage. You know what I mean? That old adage. I figure of, being a Florida State guy, you might have had that tattooed somewhere, so I'd ask you real quick. No, no, I'm not that that hardcore of a okay. Florida State fan. Okay. I'm not one of those ones that want Dion as a head coach or anything like that. I think you guys need him not necessarily as a head coach, but as a – Like I, a face. As somebody in the organization – D coordinator, or yeah. maybe uh, you know, defensive backs. Coach. We really don't have that face to the organization, that Bobby Bowden face, you know. But yeah, that that uniform situation. Hashtag fix the Bucks unis is uh when you make your design, post it online. Yeah, that hashtag fix the Bucks unis. Maybe throw a hashtag buck that podcast next to it, so you, so we know where you got it from. Facts. But anyway, Bucks win. Bucks win. Yeah, go ahead and scream it loud, big guy. Bucks win, Bucks win. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Gene. 35-22 beat the Falcons of Atlanta, who actually, I am the only person on the show who picked the Atlanta Falcons. And Well, we already knew that Eddie was going to pick the Bucks. He picks the Bucks every single yeah. week regardless. And I picked them based off the, the past couple of weeks. They've been looking good. Yeah. You're hey. talking about fan, uh, Falcons, that is, Falcons. Right? Yeah. Buccaneers said, wait a minute, Mr. Pump Dirk. breaks. And see, I'm not even going to lie. I thought Dirk was going to want some revenge. I thought Raheem Morris was going to want some revenge. Oh, I think he they definitely well, wanted they some revenge. Did it, Dirk definitely wanted some revenge. He was coming in there to win and to put it on the Bucs. And the Bucks, the Bucks shut him down. I mean, let's give credit where credit is due. The Bucks played probably all around their best game. Maybe the L.A. game when we went to L.A., and beat the Rams was maybe an overall better game. Jameis didn't have any interceptions and so on. Um, but yeah, the Bucks really put it on them. Defense came to play. Uh, how about how about that offensive line? No sacks given up this week to the Falcons, who came in pressuring uh, Kyle Allen into uh, uh, some sacks, and then also Drew Brees. The, the Six week sacks before. for the defense as well for our defense. Yeah, they woke up as well. It's fun. It's funny how it goes though. Like if you watch this game. Like, yes, Jameis came out. Jameis did some Jameis things, and we'll get into Jameis and, and his turnovers this weekend. But he came, he found a way to turn it around, and we got the lead, and the defense was able to hold the lead. That was it. That was the whole key to this whole game, is that defense was out, actually able to play with a lead for once, and they played really well. You got to give nice. it to them. They rushed the passer like they've been doing for the most part all season long, Shaq Barrett included. Um, but the, the, the cornerbacks, I thought, Overall, played the best game of the season. Carlton Davis was stuck on Julio Jones for the most part. Only allowed him like six or so catches for like fifty something yards. Um, and on the other side, Jamil Dean, who sat the week before unexplainably, did not play a snap uh, the week before to the the Saints. 
played this week against the Falcons, and he played a hell of a game too. I I, I saw about four or five interceptions out there that was left on the field that hit the Bucks basically in the hands or was a catchable interception that we did not intercept yesterday. And to be able to hold Matt Ryan under 300 yards is, is, is something pretty special too because he's like James Winston. Every game he's getting 300 yards. Yes, well, I mean, somebody that that some people in the league and even some, uh, you know, broadcasts and stuff consider borderline elite. Who's that? Uh, Matt Ryan. I would say he's elite. Yeah. I would. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's led his team to the playoffs multiple times. Um, he he's consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, runner up for the MVP a couple years back. So I would say he's elite. Definitely, I would say he's underappreciated to somewhat too, I, and the I, type of career he's put up there in Atlanta. Definitely feel he's underrated. Um, Jameis Winston did have some ups, did have some downs. He did. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that first interception. Let's break down these two interceptions from Jameis. Uh, that first interception was clear as day. Uh, I had the wife yelling at Jameis, screaming at Jameis, that Jameis doing Jameis stuff. But as you break down the replay, you saw what happened. That was Mike Evans basically just just slowing up at the end of his route and not breaking it inside on the post like he should have, like Jameis was anticipating him running. Because that's what it is. I mean, a lot of this game is anticipatory throws. So Jameis is seeing something in the coverage. He's throwing to a certain spot, and that was on Mike Evans to get to that spot. And he looked like he had a lack less uh, uh, effort there to get to that ball, which ended up that interception. And I'm almost starting to wonder that if, uh, you know, Mike Evans got paid, did he just kind of uh, get comfortable? But then also, you know, it kind of makes me wonder that in this new offense – Maybe in Cutter's offense, it was more cookie cutter, huh? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like instead of having like, you know, like the Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison thing where they can like look at each other and they know, okay, like in this route, you know, you got the three options, you're going to run this option because they kind of give each other that look like you see what I see, yeah, I see what you see. I, I think maybe they don't have that necessarily chemistry on the, the I guess you would say, option routes. Mm-hmm. For, for well, it's not Evans. like they're running like any different routes at any other team or system, but no. But I'm saying like certain routes, it's like like say you line up right here, and then based on what the defense gives you, you can go you know for a fly or, or for a post, post or something or like an that. out or something like that. Yeah, and, and that's what that first play and, was. And, and, and he's just not for some reason he's just not seeing whatever whatever James is seeing. And unfortunately for for James, it falls back on him, but. But it also isn't on Jameis because it's what the quarterback sees. It's not what the wide receivers reading in the defense. Mike's got to get on Jameis's page, page. not, not Jameis on Mike's page. Yeah, not the other it, way it, it's the quarterback's offense, and Jameis saw the right read and he delivered the ball to the right spot. And if Mike would have run the right route, uh, it probably would have been a, a completion or at least, at the very least, broken up in an incomplete pass. Now the second interception 100% completely Jameis Winston's fault. I wouldn't say 100%. I would say it was definitely on Jameis. I would say the jump pass, he doesn't need to be doing that kind of stuff. It was behind uh, uh, Ungubawale. Well, that's why I say it's his fault. Because it is, but you said 100%. And I tend to give a little bit to, to uh, Ungubawale for reaching back and, and deflecting that ball. Because if it wouldn't have been deflected, it probably would have hit the ground. It was a low ball. 
So I, I give a little bit to him. But yeah, Jameis should have never made the throw. Well, he's just trying to make a play on the. As thing. far as the the whole scheme of things, when we've been talking all season well, the, long the, of the what's Jameis, the throw, the read was a per, he made the right decision. It was a bad throw. He did his mechanics were just you yeah. know what I'm saying he he didn't plant his feet and square up like he should have. Yeah, he, he threw. The he ball. tried to do a little Pat Mahomes uh, yeah, jump tried, pass, he, he a little sidearm or something. Yeah, he tried to do like a little improvise and it yeah. didn't work in his favor. Yeah, and sometimes that stuff works for Jameis, and he is very good at improvising uh, and getting away. from from pressure in the pocket and so on, uh, but that time it didn't work for him. And um, you know, interceptions on Jameis and all season long. You know, we've been doing this debate. You know, is it Jameis? Is it his fault? Is it the receivers' fault? And we've had a lot of ups and downs with Jameis, where some of it's his fault and some's his receivers. But that was definitely got to you got to put that on Jameis. But I mean, even still, you know, three touchdowns, two interceptions, three hundred thirteen yards, a QBR of ninety point eight. I mean, yeah, let's talk about some of his positives. That pass that he threw to Godwin. Um, a lot of people, if it would have been intercepted, would have probably ragged on Jameis for the throw. But since he was able to thread that needle, um, and it, it resulted in a big play in that, for a touchdown is uh, Chris Godwin's first of the day. So I mean, with the with the good comes the bad with Jameis. You know, he's gonna he's never gonna change the way he he plays the game. He's always gonna try to thread that needle. He's always gonna try to make that big play, and that's what to his detriment sometimes gonna be a, an interception going the other way. And I mean, you know, <clears throat> so, some big things here that happen for us. I mean, obviously, Ronald Jones getting better in this this running game, Ch- knocking off a four point three yard average. But, 12, 12 but runs, 51 yards. It's very good. And a touchdown. It's very good. And I thought he was getting some momentum on some of these plays that, that he was running. But then you go back and you look at Peyton Barber. He got 11 carries. They're basically back to splitting this backfield up again. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because a couple weeks ago, Ronald Jones caught that screen pass and bobbled the ball and fumbled it. I don't know what it is if he's lost a little trust in the coaching staff. But I... I still feel like he's the better back, and we need to see a 15 to 20, 18 carry game for Ronald Jones. I agree, and I think that'll that'll help out the offense as well too. Because Payne Barber, I mean, at a 2.9 clip, not even three yards a carry, uh, it's it's not good. And then I mean, three receipt or three receptions for 16 yards, average of five yards. I mean, you know that that's definitely some little chunk plays that are helping get you know first downs and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm sure. So I mean, those things are really good. I mean, you got Chris Godwin, like you already brought up earlier. Yeah. I mean, huge day for him. It was a career day, as a matter of fact. It sure was. Seven for 184 and two touchdowns. Both him and Mike Evans both went over the 1,000-yard threshold for the season. And I believe they're both on pace for over uh, 1,250 yards on the season. So, And I think they're, they got a better chance to get more upwards of about 1,300 yards apiece, too. We still got, what, four or five games left. Yeah. So. And we have some. I was looking at the schedule. You know, we have some favorable matchups coming up. Um, let's see. And like I said, we've won the last two out of three games against Arizona. We lost against New Orleans. Just beat Atlanta. Now we go on the road to play Jacksonville, a team that has a, a new quarterback. Basically, a guy who played one couple snaps um, first game of the season, got hurt, and now he's back in Nick Foles. Hasn't been the greatest since he's been back. Maybe this defense with the six sacks and the pressures we were able to put on Matt Ryan and make him look somewhat pedestrian yesterday, maybe we can put that pressure on Nick Foles. Let's not get into that too much because we we're gonna we got game breakdown later. We do. You know who the second best running back in our on our uh, roster is 
on our roster, uh, Ungabawale. Vita Vea. He's not a running back. He caught My a pass. My dog is one for one out the backfield. Catches. Well, back to my schedule thing. We, we <laughs> what I was trying to say is we got a winnable schedule coming up. We got Indianapolis and then we got Detroit. I mean that's and then uh, Houston that's up in the air. I think we're gonna get whooped there, but then we got Atlanta again. Like we could win four out of the next five games potentially. It's possible. Could we end up eight and eight on the season? And if we do end up eight and eight, that probably means that Jameis Winston has had a halfway decent season to end the season, which he does every single year to us. Starts out really shitty and then ends the season looking like the franchise quarterback that we've been hoping and praying for, and then all of a sudden it's back to the same James Winston. Well, out of these games left, I think the Detroit Lions game, especially, I think Stafford is done for the year, correct? It, I haven't heard the news, but, I mean, is he going to pull like a Tony Romo type deal? I know he has some back issues. He's got the fractured back, yeah. So, I mean... That right there probably eliminates him for the, for the the rest of the season. But you know how the Bucks do with backups, and <laughs> Jeff Driscoll is going to come in here and look like that. Well, he didn't look too good yesterday. It no, he didn't. Does seem like a winnable game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts have been dealing with some injuries. Obviously, they lost Marlon Mack for the uh, I think for the season, or, he, or at least like a couple of games because he has that wrist issue, some kind of wrist issue. Um, the Jaguars definitely got to slow down. Uh, your boy Leonard Fournette. I mean, out of those three, I think maybe the Lions is the most winnable. Colts, I think, you know, Jacoby Brissett's been doing pretty good. Yeah, but, he has. But they've, yeah. been kind of, but they've been kind of dinged up in the wide receiver department, which is, you mm-hmm. know, obviously is where you're going to have to beat us is through the air. And those next two teams, Jacksonville and Indianapolis, both love to run the ball. And that's a recipe for disaster coming against this Bucks defense. We've seen every aspect of running back throughout this season and at points you'd be like okay well this guy's gonna go ahead and you know Chris McCaffrey's gonna definitely break out the second game or Kamara's definitely gonna break out or Saquon nope we kept on shutting them down shutting them down every single game so I believe in this Bucks front uh seven as far as the defense goes so I think Leonard Fournette one of the most heavily targeted and and used backs in, in the NFL it's going to be a challenge for us, but I think we're ready for this challenge. I think we're don't going to be able to step him. up. I'll tell you that. If you, if you have him in fantasy football, don't start him this week. Well, it depends. You're season long. You kind of got to ride your studs. You know, you've been riding him all year. You kind of got to ride him. Hey, if you got somebody with an easier matchup, you might want to choose that guy. Yeah. Yeah, you might have a really good roster, though, if you got somebody else you'd rather start over Leonard Fournette. But. And then Indianapolis, that's going to be another tough one there. Uh, that one worries me probably the most out of those three. Is the Indian game because I really think Jacoby Brissett's a really good quarterback. I do too. I, I'm really he's I'm, like Jameis if Jameis would just curb his turnovers. Yes, I, I'm sold on Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he's somebody I kind of liked when you know he got his little playing time yep. with with the Patriots a couple years ago when Tom Brady had that injury. Garoppolo ended up getting dinged up. He got his chance. He did some things, and then uh, you know he ended up going to the Colts. I think he's seen some spot action last year with. Uh, Luck, yeah. Luck getting injured. <clears throat> it was actually the year before, I believe. Like yeah, I believe Luck played most of all last season. Um, all right, what's next on the list here? Uh, why don't we talk about the big man getting some love this weekend, getting in the end zone. Vita Vea catching a touchdown from Jameis Winston. First time he's ever caught a touchdown in the NFL. He was, coming out of high school, a running back, if you didn't know that. 
Uh, so he, he's been actually uh, cheerleading for this opportunity the whole year from the coaching staff and begging for this opportunity to show his skills. So he finally got it. Heaviest guy ever. To score a touchdown. Right? 347. I think that's very uh, – to catch a touchdown, I believe. Yeah. yeah, that's very iffy if he's really 347. I think he's upwards maybe around like 360. Oh, that's a big boy. He a big boy, man. He's a big boy. He's a powerful – that's the reason why our run game is doing Definitely so Definitely if you invite him over for Thanksgiving, have two turkeys. Definitely two turkeys and, and some exercise. Well, at least like a turkey and a ham. I feel like he can go through at least a half of a, a tray of macaroni and cheese by himself. Because he he a big, he like one of the big Samoan dudes, bro. He's probably you like, know they eat. you know he likes some pineapple ham. And all Watch him be stuff. a vegan. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like he gonna call the show. Hey, hi, see, I need some I need some tofu. <laughs> yeah, but congratulations to him to finally getting in the end zone and getting that touchdown. That was that was. It lifted my spirits to see that. You know what I mean? Like, the Bucks were already winning, and now we're, like, joking around. And now we're throwing touchdowns to Vita Vea. So, it was good to see. It was definitely good. Hey, that just means when he comes in the game, you got to account for him on the defense, man. That's, I, I like it. I like it. Let's talk about that defense, though, a little bit more. Let's give them a little more love and how they stop Matt Ryan. Because to be able to hold this guy under 300 yards, who... Other than Jameis, like Jameis Winston is only uh, not thrown for 300 yards three times, and then Matt Ryan as well. Other than that, these guys, they throw for 300 yards. So to hold this offense to under 271 yards passing, I thought was a huge win for the, for the whole defense. Yeah, the secondary actually kind of uh, showed up to play. Like Even though, like you said, they missed a few interception opportunities, you know, they definitely defended some passes. They actually uh, were aware that there was a game going on. They had some a job to do, yeah. sticking some wide receivers, and, and they accomplished that. Six sacks. I mean, when's the, when's the last time we, 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 you know, we've had a conversation just even in, in life? In general, oh, did you see the Bucks? They had six. I mean, like, well, the Carolina game when 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 Barrett had four. I think we had five that game. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We don't have that. But I think you got. That's why we have to give a lot more credit I mean, to that wasn't secondary. Like a, wasn't like a couple seasons ago we had like as a team like twenty or thirty. You know, what I'm saying for the whole season. oh for the whole season. Yeah, we were like last in the league. Yeah, you know. What well, I mean? we got to give credit to this secondary. Because I feel like that's who made these sacks possible, a lot of them. Because this Matt Ryan holding on to that ball too long because yeah. there's actually some good coverage in the in the back or out in the secondary. Uh, Julio Jones was a little banged up during this game, had a little shoulder problem, but still he's Julio Jones. That doesn't affect his legs. Carlton Davis was able to keep up with him and shadow him pretty damn well uh, and, and probably had his best game. Jamil Dean on the other side was able to slow down Calvin Ridley who also got banged up. Now, we are facing a Falcons team yesterday, minus the best tight end in football right now, as far as fantasy football goes and as far as stats goes, and Austin Hooper. So maybe at the end of the season, it might be a little bit different. You get him out there, it might be a little different ball game. But overall, I feel like the Bucks they got the pressure on the quarterback yesterday, six sacks, and... Um, and well, who else got the interception? You got Carlton Davis had an interception, and I thought somebody else did. I thought uh, Levante did, but maybe not. But everybody looked really good is my point, basically. JPP got a sack. Carl Nassib got a sack. Like, it's not just the Shaquille Barrett show, which is nice to see. Devin White got two. Devin White got two. They got his Forrest Gump braces off his legs, and this boy's tackling. He's got double-digit sacks now in the last two games. Or uh, I said that in the car, too. Uh, tackles. Oh, that was last week. He only had five this week. But he had two sacks. I mean, Jesus. Two tackles for loss. I think those are the sacks, the same. Thing. Oh yeah, but I mean, eight total 
tackles. I mean, doing really good, man. Doing really good. Sean Bunting, uh, eight tackles. You know, people, they're finding the ball. Seven though solo. So even though you know that that lets me know is even if they are giving up the pass right there, bam, right away. You know what I'm saying? They're they're getting the the the, the tackle in there. And that's really what it's about. You know, the, being a cornerback. Like yeah, obviously we want our cornerbacks to be able to shut down the pass. You know, deflect some stuff, kiss some interceptions. But there's going to be plays where you know, this, this NFL, those, those wide receivers out there, they get paid for a reason. And the rules are are placated for the wide yeah. receiver. I mean, let's be honest, like. But getting burnt and then getting burnt on the, you know, getting burnt for the catch, then getting burnt on the actual field because the the wide receiver just pulls off on you, can't catch him. I mean, that that's even worse. So you know, at least if you're giving up a, a catch here and there, you're getting that tackle quickly. So you know, that's good. I'm thinking that you know, in the near future, we're gonna see you know with Levante David, uh, Devin White, really getting into that you know chemistry going. Obviously, there's gonna be some improvements on that D line going forward for what we already feel like is a, is a very good defensive line, one of the best against the run, um, pretty solid against the pass. Is Like you said, the, the weakness has kind of been that, that secondary. This is a young defense. You know, we've, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. You start bringing in some of those, like, veteran leadership guys in some way, shape, or form, possibly in the secondary because that, that's where we feel we need, need it the most. Um, and then, like, you bring in those role guys, you know, for line relief, you know, substitutions and stuff like that give guys a, a break here and there but you know maybe the guy can come in and get a couple plays here and there and you know do something tackle for loss whatever it may be this defense is definitely looking starting like especially on the second part of the year looking like it's going to improve on this Mike uh, most definitely Smith defense and the, be- the best thing about it is is these guys are getting a chance to learn on the job like they're being thrust into starter positions. Mike Edwards out there starting yesterday. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, second year starter. Like they're learning on the job. It's not like they're sitting on the bench and learning in practice and getting their reps. They're getting their reps now. They're making their mistakes in the games. They're learning every single week. They're going to be getting better. So I think having a year under their belt coming into next year, Carlton Davis is going to be the veteran on the staff. And I mean, speaking of Carlton Davis. Mm-hmm. Five passes deflected or defended yesterday. Mike Edwards, two of those. Jamel Dean, five of those. Even Vita Vea. Yeah. Two of them. That's getting that big-ass paw up at the line. Boosh. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it, th- those are some some good numbers right there. When you, we know what you're talking about. And, and, and Dominican Sue getting a touchdown I, from the fumble recovery I, as well. I, I don't want to say this too loud because he just might pop up in the studio. But 16 pass deflections yesterday. Where you at, Johnny Key? Where you at? But, yeah, 16 pass <laughs> deflections as a team yesterday. Like, how, how often does that happen for the Buccaneers? That tells me that they're, they're glued on with the coverage. Yeah, and that's two from Vita Vea, five from Dean, two from Edwards, five from Carlton Davis, one from Andrew Adams, and even Levante David getting in there. I mean – that, that that's that's solid defense right there, and that's the problem. We we've, we've known all season long, you know, we got an offense that could if Jameis takes care of the ball and if the receivers and people run the right routes. Yeah, if everybody's on the same page, we can we can move, we can move yeah. the ball. We can we put up some points. We even gotta, when even when Jameis turns the ball over and he fumbles and does all this and that, we're still one of the top passing offenses in the league. We move the ball. 
Like, even with the turnovers. Like, if we can curb some of those turnovers, we can become an elite offense. We be, we could become like the, the Kansas City Chief offense. Uh, a high touchdown rate with a low interception rate. Take care of the ball. A lot of uh, big plays. I mean, we pass the ball down the field more than any team in the NFL. So we're a big play offense. And, I mean, you know, just to throw out some numbers – of some some bigger games that we've had, I mean, we lost to the Giants thirty-two to thirty-one. We put up fifty-five against the Rams. We lost against the Saints, and we still put up twenty-four. We lost to the Panthers the second time, put up twenty-six. And that was five interceptions from Jameis. We lost to the Seahawks and put up thirty-four. We lost the Titans, put up 23. So, I mean, we're put up at least 20-something consistently, 30 points against the Cardinals. That Seahawks game, Jameis threw three uh, touchdowns, no interceptions that game, had a perfect game. Uh, and we still lost that game. We, it's all about that defense and giving up points. We, we put up 30 against the Cardinals. We put up 35 against the Falcons. So we're a team that can put up between 20 and 40 points any game if the team plays together. You know, moving forward – we got the Jaguars. We do. It's, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding. We talked about it earlier. We got a big back coming in here, big powerful back in Leonard Fournette. Uh, this guy is one of the, besides Christian McCaffrey. There's not another back out there that's receiving the ball as much as this guy. To be 100 percent honest with you, and I, and I know that we kind of got the benefit of the doubt because he got a little dinged up. I feel like if we can, you know, the the way up until he he got dinged up, Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, we faced him what week two or three or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we were putting, you know, making him work for his yards. Saquon Barkley won the premier backs in the league. Christian McCaffrey won the fastest guys on 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 the field. You know, Alvin Kamara. We've we've seen him twice. What worries me though is is all those backs that you you talked about are like elite speed backs, elusive. Like even Saquon's got some speed and elusiveness and can get outside. And on this defense, it's predicated to be able to stop that rush on the outside. You're now with with Vita Vea in there. Of besides years previous, we've been able to run right at the middle on this defense. Now we're pretty stout. So I kind of worry about bigger backs, though, like the Derrick Henrys that come in here and run against us. So the Leonard Fournettes of did the world. Did Derrick Henry do that good against let me, us? Let me look up. I'm, I'm I think up he, right okay, I think he did have a pretty decent game against us. They ended up winning the game. Um, no, nah, we even held Derrick Henry under 100 yards. What was it, though? 16 carries for 75 yards. Didn't even have a touchdown. Did he have any catches at all? Um, maybe. And that was this game? This game this season, you sure? Derrick Henry had one reception for eight yards. Yes, this is this game. I'm looking at the box score right now. He had one catch for eight yards, and he had 16 carries for 75 yards. I mean, still 4.7 average, but it wasn't like he ran all no, over us. No, he didn't run all over us, but, I mean, it's not that bad of a game. 75 yards is not that bad compared to what some of these backs have been putting up against us. Well, yeah, not, but not compared to much. some of the stuff that he's done against some other teams, I think. Yeah, like this weekend against the Jags. He put up a, a huge game against the Jaguars this past weekend. So, and, and, and you know what I'm going to say to that, Coach Bruce, take the ball out of Peyton Barber's hands. Yeah, give him maybe five, six touches in the game. Give the rest of them to Rojo and see what Rojo can do. Perfect. 
the, just what you said. Take five or six away from him. He had 11 last week. Take five, take six away. Give him about five carries. Give the rest to Rojo. Give him about 16 to 18 every single week. And I think he's one of those guys that's got to build up during the game a little bit. I mean, Bruce, they pretty much tell you at the stadium in the song, kind of, sort of, Rojo, Rojo, a pirate's life for me. You know what I'm saying? Get that man the ball. It's in the, it's in the song. Because yeah, I, I like to see I, – I, I'm with you, though. I'm starting to lean towards the – I want to see what Ronald Jones can do if he gets like that 18 to 22 touches – and you know, twenty five. I mean, if if the the Jaguars defense is having a hard time stopping the run, let's use it. That guy's quick. I mean, those those boys are opening up some pretty good holes for him. He's averaging yeah. over four yards a carry. That means every three times is the first down. You rush it three times. Now, obviously, we got two thousand yard receivers. They're gonna have to you know try to stop that. But I mean, with them not having Jalen Ramsey, I'm a little bit more comfortable with trying to make that happen. So for the season, Ronald Jones has 119 carries to Peyton Barber's 105. So basically, it's almost an even split. Uh, Ronald Jones has 474 yards, where Peyton has 352. Average of four yards per carry for Ronald Jones and an average of 3.4 for Peyton Barber. If you gave the ball more to Peyton Barber, that average does not change. If you gave the ball more to Ronald Jones, that average goes up. I feel that. I it de- does. I definitely feel that. It, it doesn't does. go down, giving him more, more carries. No. Because we've seen him get stymied a little bit, get two or three carries, get stymied out of the game, doesn't get any more carries till maybe the third quarter, and he just doesn't have he, he you got to give him more carries. He's got to get like four to five carries a quarter. You got to feed him the ball. You got to end up with 18 to 20 carries at the end of the game. He's got to warm them legs up. He's got to warm them up. And we saw this weekend, uh, this past game against Falcons, the line was able to pass block one, but they were also able to run block pretty well for Ronald Jones, and he broke off a couple good good runs. My boy Rojo's like an 85 box Chevy, bro. You got to, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you just got to warm him you, up. You got you to go out to the driveway. You got to turn him on a couple minutes early, you know what I'm saying, for you go to leave. He's got, fi- he's got five touchdowns for the season, though. You're doing pretty solid. I, I, Not too bad. I, listen, and, and this is my firm belief, and I, I said it a couple weeks ago, you know, we knew that Bruce was under no pressure. He's giving, I think, certain guys every single opportunity OJ Howard. that he can to see what's what's good. And OJ Howard, you know, you He's getting his opportunities, he just keeps on effing up. OJ Howard may be a guy that's getting traded for before the draft this year. I'm saying he's he's looking like he might be out of here and we might just be sticking with that Cam Brait six million dollar contract next season. I like Cam Brait. I do too. I've got no problems with it. That's why I wasn't a fan of the OJ Howard pick. Like looking back, like it's it's a total bonehead move. Like we could have got Dalvin Cook. We could have Dalvin Cook here. Who played with James Winston. Do you know how lethal that would have been? We could have had Derwin James. Could you imagine Dalvin Cook being in that backfield right now? Yeah, with these two receivers, we got. You know who we picked up in the third round in that draft? The same draft we got OJ Howard, who's an All Pro, who's going to be an All Pro this year. Chris Godwin in the third round out of Penn State. We could have had Dalvin Cook and Chris Godwin in the same freaking draft. And Derwin James, because we passed on Cook. No, that was Vita Vea. That was Vita Vea draft. Oh, that's a Vita Vea draft. Yeah, we could have had we could have had Derwin instead of Vita, but honestly, I'd rather have. Uh, I like Vita. I like Vita. I like Velvita. I do too. He he's just good. I mean, he's he's literally changed this 
front four, or I should say front three, because we're three four defense now. And and this we're they're afraid to run against us. Him and Sue, and, and I'm surprisingly saying this. William Golson is actually having a good defense, a good defensive year. Not rushing the passer so much, but his run stuff and ability. It, uh, this this front three is like on. Yeah, anybody out there right now. He's turned into a beast, man. Even the Patriots, and and the Patriots are playing hell of football too, but nobody can can touch the front three of the Buccaneers right now. Yeah, I I think we definitely got a a great front seven, and it's, it's, you know, starting to really show. We're going to need it, though, this weekend. We're going to need to contain Fournette, Mm -hmm. but the biggest thing for me is not Fournette that worries me the most. It's the backups. It's the court. It's the rookie quarterbacks that come in and torch the Buccaneers on a consistent basis. We've seen Nick Foles do it, and other teams with the with the Philadelphia Eagles. We saw him t- uh, torch us twice. I have a feeling though he's going to torch us this weekend. I mean, is is you know it, he's not going to be able to run the ball with Fournette. They're going to have to pass the ball. The Bucks are going to keep it close because. That's what Jameis does. Well, you're gonna the Bucks need, offense you're gonna need does. A big game from uh, DJ uh, or Baby Shark. Baby Shark. I, I think it's going to be a surprisingly big game though for DD Westbrook. Oh, DD. I think DD is going to snap this week. You're going to need them, both of them two to step up. They've got a lot of good receivers though. They got the Baby Shark. They got DD. They've got uh, Chris Conley, uh, Marquise Lee. Like they've got a lot of good receivers over there in, in Jacksonville. They do. And you know another thing on this list, a key to this game, a huge key to the game, a huge game to winning any games during the season from here on out, is limit the turnovers. You know some of these guys. I mean, you know the, the, it, it does fall back a lot on Jameis Winston, but at the end of the day, you know you got to hit that spot where you're supposed to be at, so that way if it's an anticipated throw, you're there. At least to like try to break it up if if, if you're not going to be the one to make a play, you know, if you're not going to be the one to catch, at least be there to attempt to play on it. And yeah, and years past where we've had four years of cutter, so all these players were on the same page and able to, you know, like you said, look at each other and know where they're going to be at. This year, all the players are on the same page, but they're all on that new page. They're having to learn. Everybody's learning this season. So I think next season, uh, and and I've been saying this all season long, next season's the year. I really do think next year is that next step for this whole team. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to see the uh, evolution of the Bucs. I mean, it's one of those catch-22s for me right now, though, because as much as I do want to see them improve, because obviously they're a team you want your team to win, it's like, man, kind of some, for some stuff that we need to get. We want to kind of be in the top ten. Um, we'll see how it plays out, though, because we kind of do got a little bit of a tough schedule. I mean, th- th- this is no cakewalk, the guys that we got coming up. You know, we got Jacksonville this week. We got the Colts the following week. Then we got the Texans. Then uh, who who we finish off with? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, at home. And we're, I'm missing somebody else. Uh, it is the Jags, the Colts. The uh, I got to pull up Lions, the Lions, the Lions, the Houston Texans, and the Atlanta Falcons. Out of those five games, I mean, the Lions seems like the most winnable at this present moment. Um, and, and I say the rest of those games, maybe, uh, you know, maybe your Atlanta games fifty fifty, um, maybe your Jacksonville's fifty fifty. But I think, you know, you can say with with the uh, Texans and, and, and the Colts, there may be like sixty percent plus favorites yeah and i also think atlanta's gonna get that last game i it just it just seems to happen that way every single year for the most part. even though the bucks have not did not coming into sunday have not won 
in the last five um, trips uh, or games against Atlanta, the Bucks were 0 and 5. So we actually broke that streak as well. Nice. Along with what a five-year window between two thousand-yard receivers. Last one being V. Jackson, Mike Evans. I believe so. That was uh, Mike Evans' rookie year, I believe. I think it was, yeah. And I think this is like the fastest a duo who has gotten to a thousand yards each. Okay, I think I could be wrong on that. I'll have to look that up. Maybe that'll be an answer for next that, week. That, but. that could be some a couple records got broke. Then that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, right. Uh, the 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 heaviest guy to to catch a, a, yep. a touchdown and then uh, the quickest duo, and I think you were right. I think I did hear something about that. Um, obviously, getting back to the game, continuing to get great pressure on the uh, quarterback from the defensive line. Yeah, from the front seven just in general. I mean, if if we go into Jacksonville, which is you know not off from being a home game for us because, I mean, you know, that's definitely a travelable game. Yeah, and nor do they pack the stands and have, like, the rowdiest of – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like it's a considerable home game for the Jags at, I mean, there, in there's, Jacksonville. There's probably going to be some Florida State fans rooting for Jameis Winston sure. up, up in that area. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it, it's a game that, that is, is winnable. Um, if that front seven can continue to pressure, I mean, Shaq Barrett comes through. That I mean, because Shaq Barrett, even though – he hasn't had like that, like a big four sack game or nothing like that. Um, you know, and, since earlier in the since, season, since earlier yeah. in the season, it's the pressure that mm-hmm. he applies. Now they know that he's there. I got to get this ball out of my hands before Shaq mm-hmm. rings my freaking clock, and it's you know he, that that you know forces him into some bad place. And it's only a matter of time. Like how much you know tests can you put on the defensive backs? And like you said, there were some missed opportunities for interceptions. But I don't believe with these guys that are drafted into the NFL, even though some of them are young, you're not going to miss those opportunities every single time. Uh, you know, even like you said, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now mm-hmm. and then. You know, these these rookies, someone's going to come up. You know, maybe even Jamel Dean, maybe even Carlton Davis. Well, you know, there's a reason why they're de- defensive backs, right? Yeah, because they can't play wide receiver. Yeah, because they can't catch the ball. They're elite. They're all elite athletes. Like they could all play running back and and wide receiver if they could catch the ball. But unfortunately, they cannot catch the ball. But yeah, like like you said, going back to um, prime time, they they need to get the front seven needs to get pressure on Nick, uh, Nick Foles. Uh, but even more importantly, and I think this is the biggest key to the game is keep Jameis clean like we did against Atlanta. No sacks. Hardly any pressure coming from that Atlanta front four. It was a beautiful thing to watch. A nice pocket. Jameis able to sit back there and and make those pinpoint accurate throws down the field for big plays. And 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 we need to put together two solid games from the offensive line. We need to start stacking these good games, getting some confidence in the front uh, four of this or front I mean, five of this offensive it's line. It's been a while since I think we won two games in a row. Uh, let me look on our schedule here. When the last time we won two games in a row definitely was not this season. Let me look at 2018. I don't think it was definitely not. Oh, wait, it was. We we went we won two times in a row last season twice. Okay. Uh, we beat New Orleans in week one, uh, 48 to 40. Remember that onslaught yeah. by Ryan Fitzmagic, 
And then we went to Philly and beat Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles. Which and, had Nick Foles, by the way. Uh, they did, yep. And then we went to later on in the season, week 12 and week 13, we beat San Francisco and Carolina in back-to-back weeks. So let's let's string together a back-to-back victory and string together some confidence for this team. Now, if we, now if we have to look back when we won three games in a row now – I might have. I might be surfing here for for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. It's been a while. Like, when was the last time the Bucks went seven and zero? Okay, the last time the Bucks won three in a row was also the last time the Bucks won five in a row, and that was back in the 2016 season. And so James was the quarterback of that team. Um, we won against Chicago in Week 10, and Week 11 we beat Kansas City. Week 12 we beat Seattle. Week 13 we beat San Diego. At that time it was San Diego. And then Week 14 we beat New Orleans. Wow. Five games in a row. And that was what? That was Cutter, wasn't it? Yeah, that 2016, was that was Cutter. We were putting up some numbers that year for sure. So it's been it's been a while, man, since we, we, we've – You can't uh, help yourself, huh? You just want to say it. It's been a while. You just want to say it in the. <laughs> it's kind. Of, you you, kind of you can't. You can't say it without like singing it. It's like bananas. B a n a n a s. Yeah, you can't help it. Boozy taught everybody how to spell independent. Shout out to the Boozy badass. Well, you want to do our predictions for this weekend? I know Eddie's here, or Eddie's not here, but we can go ahead and probably say with one hundred percent certainty he's going to be picking the Buccaneers to win this game. For sure. So we'll go ahead and pencil him in for a Bucks win. What do you think the Bucks are going to do this weekend? Man, uh, granted, you were the only one to pick the Bucks to lose last weekend against the Falcons. Th- this one's tough for me, man. In-, in a way, I have a feeling that the Jags are going to pull it off some way, shape, or form. They're going to jag off, but I-, I feel that this is a winnable game for us. I, I, I- I'm gonna no go- laugh or nothing. You just you're not going to put that joke over at all. <laughs> nothing. I mean, it was good. No symbol or no jump kit or nothing. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, twenty-four, twenty-one. 24-21. Man, I thought you were going to go with the Jags. Leave me on an island with Eddie by myself with the Bucks win. I'm not let, let's just make it a three-way. Uh, let's just do, let's just do a three-way and I'm going to make the Bucks win as well. Um I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to go back and forth. I think we're going to see a lot of what we've seen all season long. Maybe a turnover or two from Jameis Winston. Bucks defense stepping up. That front seven stopping the run game against Leonard Fournette. Forcing that uh, Jags offense to pass the ball. I feel like they'll be successful against this Bucks defense uh, in passing and moving the ball down the field. So big game from Nick Foles. Big game from Jameis Winston as well. Okay. And I'm going to say a bigger game from Ronald Jones. Let's say over 15 carries, maybe like 80, 90 yards, maybe over 100 yards total, uh, and maybe a touchdown or two. I think he has one of his best games of the season. This Jags offense cannot stop opposing running backs. I say the Bucks win. It's going to be a close one. You said 24-21. I will take uh, 31-28. Okay. Nice close. A lot of scoring game. No defense being played. Perfect NFL game. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, that's the- – the end of it right there, man. We started a little early, so we'll uh, jump off a little early as well. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. And hopefully we, we'll see you guys back next week and with a Bucks win. Facts. Till next week, I'm your boy Craig from my boy Zach and Eddie.